You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Back on Money Talk, and we've got our guest to uh, guide us through the markets uh, today, starting with Alex Wong, a Money Talk regular, director of Alex K.Y. Wong Asset Management. Alex, great to have you back on the show. Hi, morning, Andrew. Hey, good to see you. Uh, we also have us uh, with us on the line, first time with me, Tai Hui, the APAC Chief Market Strategist at J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Good morning, Tai Hui. Hi, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. Good to have you guys on today. Um, it seems like there's a lot going on out there with OPEC uh, making declarations that they're going to be cutting. Uh, they're going to be cutting back on production. Prices going up there, and everybody's watching what's going on with the interest rates this week. Uh, Tai Hui, your first time in the show. I'll, I'll let you kick off on giving us the big Thanks. picture and where you think things are going. Well, we think that uh, first. The first half of the year, we've seen a lot of resilience in the U.S. economy. The China recovery has not been as uh, robust as people would like to see. So I think that we've been waiting around for a lot of catalysts for the market to turn. I think going into the second half of the year, uh, we do expect the U.S. economy to slow down more on the back of uh, banks really tightening their lending standards. In China, we're hoping to see a bit more stimulus to really keep get things going. Uh, but overall, I would suggest, you know, we are uh, slowing down in towards the end of the year in terms of global economic growth momentum. I, I hear you. But I mean, we've, we've been hearing about how things are going to slow down later in the year, later in the year. And I mean, you know, since the beginning of the year and... Uh... You know, we're into the we're into the six the six months of the year. We've hit the halfway mark, and the American economy is just defying all expectations. I mean, what what is the uh, the secret to their success? What why this extended run? Well, I think first of all, the the labor market has been incredibly strong. If you look at last Friday's non-farm payroll data, it uh, completely blew expectations out of the water, and it's been doing that for a number of months now. Mm-hmm. So the uh, small medium companies in the U.S. can teach to hire aggressively, and also I think you know the fact that companies and households have saved up quite a bit in terms of cash, in terms of their savings, it helps them to get through this period of high interest rates. But obviously, eventually, this high interest rate is going to catch up. Hmm. And that will put a bit more pressure on, on companies. Okay. Do you think it's going to be further delayed, though? I mean, if, 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 you know, the, if the wages are good, people are making more money, they're not going to be defaulting on their mortgage, they're going to be spending more on goods and services, although, although the latest service numbers weren't so great. Um, I mean, is, is it just going to push back this long-expected recession? Well, I think the typical weak point is not the consumer spending, it's rather the housing sector as well as the uh, corporate uh, investment, which in the last 12 recessions, 11 of them were driven by corporate investment and or the housing market. So we're already starting to see some cracks in those areas. So I do think that the consumer spending is likely to stay resilient, but uh, what has been explaining most of the recessions in history, uh, corporate spending and housing, I think those are going to slow down more in the second half of the year. Alex, what do you think? Are you, are you aligned with this? What's your take on the U.S. market? Yeah, I'm aligned with that, but I think uh, the equity market probably would still be strong uh, despite uh, the uh, um, economy maybe slowing down. So I think uh, uh, we probably would see companies to slow down because of the uh, banking um, um, tightening. So I think uh, that that probably would uh, happen later on. But I think uh, consumer probably would be resilient and people actually are 
quite、um, crazy for AI growth. So、uh, probably the equity market may defy the expectations and remain quite strong.、Mm, but for every AI,、uh, you know, for every happy AI story, you've got a commercial、uh, real estate story. I mean, what a disaster shaping up there! I mean, a lot of my friends in the real estate business in the U.S. because it's like I kind of work in that sector, you know, doing self storage. But I mean, a lot of them saw saw this coming months and months and months ago. But it really seems like it's hitting the headlines now. I mean, how are you protecting yourself in this? I think uh, f- uh, the the AI story would still be the the the, the one to go, and and the new defensive in the U.S. market becomes the the, the mega tech companies、mm. because、uh, if you look at、um, the newest newest tech development, probably people don't need that much、uh, real estate、uh, to develop the businesses. So I think、uh, this would be a polarized market, and the、uh, old economy parks actually would be.、Uh, More of a thing, more 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 dangerous to own. So I think、uh, people probably would still be、uh, owning、uh, tech stocks、uh, as the defensive.、Mm, uh, Taiwei,、uh, I mean, are you are you up with that up up on tech? But、uh, I, I do want to get your take on the commercial、uh, real estate sector in the U.S. Yeah, no, I think the tech sector explains a huge part of the S and P 500 rally so far this year. So the top five or six companies explain about seventy eighty percent of the、uh, of the market rally so far this year. So it's a very narrow. Uh, a gain in the stock market. I do agree that the AI theme is likely to stay,、mm-hmm. but I think again it's going to benefit a very narrow range of companies until you start to have more and more sectors embracing the idea. So it's a matter of time.、Uh, the real estate sector, I do agree again on the commercial side. Things are likely to get more difficult as we go into、uh, the second half of the year.、But、I think the, the truth is a lot of banks are likely to refinance or roll over. Uh, those debt rather than、uh, force them to go into defaults. So I think it's going to be a slow growth、uh, environment when it comes to real estate, or even a no growth environment rather than a sort of catastrophic collapse in the market. Mm, okay, and turn, turning our attention to this side of the world, I mean, if, if the U.S. is outperforming, I mean, China's been a little bit underwhelming,、uh, and now they're getting another hit. Fairly, you know, they're an energy import dependent country by and large, and the OPEC cuts are going to are going to impact them. What, what's your I mean, how are, you, how are you feeling about China's prospects with this another another blow to the、uh, the,、uh, the economy?、Um, I think, from China's perspective, the energy imports is less of an issue, partly because、uh, they are getting discounted products from Russia and and, and associated、uh, exporters,、um, and also the fact that China is very quickly moving、uh, towards renewable energy sector, and frankly, coal price has been relatively stable. So. I think the OPEC decision is likely to have、um, a very minor impact on China. I think what's really holding back、uh, China's recovery is the consumer sentiment continues to be very cautious.、Uh, as we all know, youth unemployment is relatively high, and not only those who can't find a job are, are suffering, but those parents who have to support their children who've graduated, obviously, that's also a financial burden as well. So I think、um, you know we are expecting more stimulus from the authorities、uh, later on this year, and hopefully that will help to improve sentiment. On the market perspective, I would just argue that a lot of international investors, because of geopolitics, they are more cautious in investing in China. So hopefully we get a bit more of a amicable relationship between U.S. and China in the coming months. I think that's going to be challenging, but that to me is a very critical ingredient for investors、uh, to feel more comfortable of investing in China. Yeah, Alex. 
No, I think I, I concur actually. I think uh, if you look at the price actions recently, uh, we are taking a huge hit uh, on consumer stocks in in Hong Kong. So um, that explains, I think, uh, the, the the attitude to of uh, overseas investors actually they are retreating from from everything from from China. And and probably another reason is that they probably would uh, switch to uh, AI film in that part of the world. So uh, we are the victims of this uh, switching. So. Um, I think uh, looking ahead, uh, unless we see some very strong stimulus, otherwise I think people would still uh, are losing faith uh, in China, China, China right now, because uh, the 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 the, the public sectors would still remain weak and the consumption actually is uh, failed to pick up. Uh, so I think uh, the overall sentiment will remain bearish towards China unless we see some really strong uh, policy turning around. Yeah. Do, do you think there is a, a bit of a shift in change? I mean, Elon Musk has been over. Uh, Jamie Dimon has been to China recently. Uh, next week here in Hong Kong, we've got the Greenwich Economic Forum is doing their first ever conference in Hong Kong in partnership with the HKX. Um, I mean, are we seeing you know a little bit of a rapprochement on the business front between the U.S. and China, even if the political, military, spy, I mean, though have all been in the news this week, that maybe those aren't great, but is, is it different for the business community? Do you think maybe they're starting to get more comfortable again? I think uh, for for business, probably the people will not overlook the China market because China has such a huge population. But for equities, I think uh, people probably will look to buy those companies uh, which are operating in China. So like Tesla, probably you will feel more comfortable to buy in Tesla than BYD because uh, uh, Tesla actually uh, operate globally and also has a decent presence in China. So I think uh, with the extended uh, relationship, with the with the improvement in relationships uh, in, in overseas companies, actually, people would feel more comfortable to buy those uh, companies which are operating in China, but uh, but owned by foreigners. I think uh, that probably would still be fun, the fun for going. Hmm. I mean, American investors aren't the only ones out there. Uh, the Hong Kong Stock Exchange has this new measure where, you know, you've got shares that are already tradable in the Hong Kong Stock Exchange can now be traded in renminbi. Is this, do you think this is going to make a difference? Is this going to help in any way? Or, or uh, you know, as investors from other countries might choose to do that if their countries are, uh, you know, invest, or if their countries are, are, if they've got access to renminbi or they're doing business with Chinese companies? Is that something either one of you had on your radar? Uh, um, yeah, Taiwan. Uh, okay, I think I think eventually yes, because um, if you think about a lot of uh, exporters around the world, especially emerging market exporters uh, who have been starting to receive more renminbi uh, instead of just converting it back into the, their local currencies, now they have an additional option to be investing those receipts into uh, Hong Kong equities in a, uh, in renminbi in, in uh, CNY or RMB terms. So I think that. Uh, will be an important outlet for this type of flows, and it definitely helps with the internationalization of renminbi. Uh, but this, uh, to me, is going to be a slow process, and you need to have a greater variety of assets uh, for these uh, exporters or these uh, renminbi holders uh, to invest. So I think it's an important step in the right direction. Yeah, Alex, do you have your eye on, or are your clients asking about it? Uh, no, uh, I think it is too early, and and also you have to bear in mind that the renminbi actually is really weak right now. So uh, people probably are not uh, in that uh, is in, in, uh, that uh, uh, enthusiastic right now because uh, the human actually is quite weak, and I think uh, that is the right direction. But uh, that will take a long, long process. Yeah. Okay. And and how about other markets in the region? I mean, which which ones are you guys particularly keen on right now? I know a lot of people are keen on Japan. We're going to talk about it more at the towards the end of the show. Uh, how about some other markets uh, across Asia that you guys think are going to be performing well? 
Taihui, do you want to take a first crack at that? Sure. Um, I think India and also Southeast Asia is uh, somewhat overlooked. I know they have underperformed. Well, India's performed quite well this year. Uh, Southeast Asia underperformed. But I think with the whole economic reopening story, uh, there's still quite a bit of upside in terms of corporate earnings for lots of more domestically focused companies in Southeast Asia as well as in, in India. Um, for Taiwan, South Korea, you know, Alex talked a lot about AI. I, I do agree that uh, those suppliers or semiconductor producers feeding into that um, that boom is going to benefit. But at the same time, you know, a capex spending by U.S. and European companies are slowing down. So I think that could be a bit, bit of a riskier move in terms of Taiwan and South Korea. So I, I would argue that Southeast Asia, South Asia, um, alongside with Japan. Um, I think these are interesting ideas for uh, the coming months. Okay, Alex, fa- favorite in Asia, ex-Japan? Uh, Ex-Japan, probably Indonesia. Uh, I think uh, this is still the market to go uh, right now because it's a young country. And also, if you look at the IPO market, actually, they're very strong. I think the interest would be high. And actually, I think uh, in the past, uh, this is affected by the corporate governance issue. But I think confidence is building up. So probably Indonesia will still outperform. Okay, we got uh, we got 50 seconds left. I want to know from you guys, coming back to circling back to the U.S., U.S. Fed, mm, you know, mixed messages out there. U.S. economy is way too strong. Um, people thought the Fed was going to hold or cut rates, but now people are even saying they might even raise rates. Tai Hui, up, down, or hold steady? I think they're going to pause in June, but there's a decent chance they may raise again in July. Okay, and uh, Alex, uh, we got Same. 30 seconds. Same, actually. I think uh, they would pause this time, but uh, probably if data remain that strong, I think one more hike at least. Not out of the question. Okay, mm-hmm. well, uh, guys, we'll, we'll come back and we'll, get, we'll definitely have you guys back on the show to revisit that. Thank you very much uh, to Alex Wong, director of Alex K.Y. Wong Asset Management, uh, regular on the show. And for his first, uh, his debut, I would say a very impressive debut, Tai Hui, Asia Chief Market Strategist with J.P. Morgan Asset Management.